Hey friends, welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew. Hello. Thank you for taking the time to join me on the podcast. We're here every Monday and Thursday producing episodes in relation to health and well-being. Every so often we do interviews. We talk about the latest and most popular self-help and self-improvement books. And sometimes I just talk off the top of my head about some issues that are concerning me at that point in time. And it seems that uh, anxiety is a big issue at the moment. Everyone seems super stressed right now and over-anxious a lot of the time. And Dr. Russell Kennedy, who's known famously as the anxiety doctor, points out that the feeling of anxiety that you're feeling is often misinterpreted. He says we aren't actually anxious per se. We are, in fact, in a state of fight or flight. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll be familiar with the term fight, flight and the sympathetic nervous system. This is the part of the nervous system that is responsible for keeping us alive in times of threat or danger. Historically, and I mean our ancient ancestors here, they would have encountered all kinds of wild beasts and adversaries in the form of opposing tribes. And the sympathetic nervous system evolved in this environment to maximise our chances of survival by optimising our alertness to threats and instantly readying our bodies to respond to that threat. Our eyes would have dilated in order to receive the maximum amount of light so we could see the threat clearly and a means of escape. Stress hormones would have flooded the bloodstream. Our heart rate would have spiked. Blood would have flowed to the areas that needed optimum levels of oxygen to perform, such as our muscles, because they are either going to help us fight or evade our threat, that is, escape it or engage in flight. In extreme cases, people have been known to lose control over basic bodily functions such as their bladder and bowels when in a threatening or acutely stressful situation. And this arose because the bladder and bowels really are of secondary significance when faced with a life-threatening threat. The nervous system, however, comprises a second component called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is referred to as the rest-digest nervous system. It essentially undoes the work of the sympathetic nervous system. It causes the heart and respiration rates to drop, blood flows out of the muscles and to the bowel. It facilitates relaxation, rest and digestion. In short, when we are in a parasympathetic state, we are calmer and not experiencing stress. To live and function healthily, we need the two facets of the nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. While we may not have to contend with wild animals today, we do need our sympathetic nervous system to keep us alert. Say, when we need to brake suddenly when someone steps out in front of our car, it still serves a vital everyday purpose. The problem, however, comes when we experience its effects consistently and unrelentingly. The wild beasts that threatened our ancestors have been replaced by new threats that tap into that same nervous system response in our bodies, producing inevitable and undesirable results. Those new threats come in the form of constant stimulation and triggering from things like news, social media and the reality that we are always connected and always online. I've mentioned this in the past, but it cannot be overstated just how insidious being connected constantly to the internet is and how many of us owe our anxiety to it. 
And the problem with news feeds and social media is they are never-ending. So literally every few seconds there is something new for us to react to. And if we react negatively to what we are reading or seeing online, that elicits a hormonal response within our bodies. We immediately are sent into a state of fight or flight as the sympathetic nervous system is activated. Our bodies are primed for and respond to a perceived threat. This is happening literally every few seconds we are online. What compounds the situation is that we become addicted to the dopamine, the neurotransmitter that rewards us as we anticipate being triggered by the latest news story or viral video. We then react to that viral video by producing stress hormones, which themselves are addictive. The more we react, the more we want to continue to react because we are addicted to that process. You see the problem here. We are then in a perpetual loop of being drowned in stress hormones, so it's no wonder we feel anxious as a result. Time and again, the relationship between social anxiety, general anxiety disorder and problematic internet use has been referred to in the scientific literature. Now, it does bear saying that it is normal for people to experience some anxiety from time to time. Say one is anxious about an upcoming exam or you're going on a, a date. Nothing wrong with being anxious in this situation. The problem comes when we become addicted to being online, addicted to doom scrolling, or we log on out of a fear of missing out. The anxiety that we experience with this behaviour is layered on top of normal everyday anxiety that I mentioned above, when we are constantly online, constantly being triggered, we are reinforcing our addiction to dopamine and stress hormones, and our sympathetic nervous system is permanently switched on. We are never getting a break from it. So what's the answer? Well now, remember, I'm talking specifically about anxiety stemming from being overstimulated by social media, internet news, negative news stories which pepper us 24 hours a day. Well, the first answer is to step away from what is causing the problem in the first place. That is the internet and news. I have to be completely honest, I have a love-hate relationship with the internet. Initially, it was a marvel. None of us had ever seen anything quite like it. It's a repository of such a vast amount of information. You can literally find details about anything you can think of online. You can watch any video clip, listen to any kind of music, read any book, send emails, do your banking. You can even video chat with people on the other side of the world. The internet has been the most significant technological development in our lifetime. But it has come with many problems that we simply have not evolved to deal with. Our brains just can't deal with the enormous quantities of information and stimulation we are being exposed to hour after hour without it having a negative impact on us. Nothing, and I mean nothing in human history, could prepare you for an hour of doom scrolling, and yet we are doing it for hours a day, every single day. Throw in YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, news sites, WhatsApp groups, we are getting it from every angle. And we are wired. So the first answer is log off.
we need to switch off the tap, the flow that is feeding our fight, flight or sympathetic nervous system. Once we start to do this, we can start dealing with the damage it has caused. This literally means using your phone less often, cutting what at times seems like an umbilical cord that connects your brain to the stimulus that has you in a permanent state of arousal, and not in a good way. Turn your phone off at night. If you need to be contactable, turn off your data so you can't get notifications or aren't tempted to see what's happening on Twitter at two o'clock in the morning. Leave your phone in a different room. This applies especially to those people who work remotely. Your productivity levels will soar when you aren't being tempted to scroll. Set yourself time limits as to how much you can use your phone a day. This is easily done with features on your phone. Delete all social media apps off your phone entirely. Delete news apps. The only news website, in fact, that I use is the Good News Network that gives daily uplifting good news stories from around the world. Now, the funny thing about this is, in the beginning, when I started to use the Good News website, I was completely underwhelmed. I found it really dull. Why? Well, because I wasn't getting my hit of dopamine and, and misery related to the horror stories we read about in regular news. I wasn't being triggered. My stress hormones weren't being expressed and my sympathetic nervous system just wasn't being stimulated. And that's exactly what I needed to experience. Now, because I have been using the Good News website for a while, I'm getting a dopamine hit now when I do. And I'm feeling good hormones flooding my system from reading the uplifting stories when I do. This is only a small measure and won't do much in isolation, but it's a good starting point. Look, the bad news in the world is unending. We simply don't have the mental or emotional capacity to consume it daily without it having a negative effect on us. A question for you. Has exposing yourself to all that you have to date helped you? Are you in a better place because of it? No. Then something needs to change. If you feel you have a civic duty to be an upstanding citizen in the face of injustice, corruption and societal inequities, then that is very commendable. Then put your energies into volunteering or indeed go into politics yourself so as you can actually do something about all the grievances that you're reading about. But sitting, doom scrolling, changes absolutely nothing but your state of mind, your happiness and your quality of life. News, and let's be honest, most of it is bad news, is just noise. Switch it off. Be it websites on your phone, apps, TV, radio, and turn it off in the safe knowledge that you're missing out on nothing but more misery and more opportunities to negatively stimulate your nervous system and become anxious. That fear of missing out is one of the main reasons many people expose themselves to damaging material a lot of the time. But we have to have a greater respect for ourselves and acknowledge that we don't need these man-made apps and these distracting news sites to sustain us. We have to remind ourselves that we are enough and we don't need to concern ourselves with what is happening elsewhere on Instagram or TikTok. Life is happening here in the real world now, not online. So live it right here now today. 
if you control and vastly reduce the flow of news, media, social media into your mind, you will drastically reduce the frequency with which your sympathetic nervous system is stimulated every minute and every hour of your day and your anxiety levels will absolutely thank you for it. So what else can we do to alleviate the stress we are experiencing that is leading many of us to be wired and anxious all the time? Factor a walk into your day that will expose you to nature. I speak about this in my book, Happy Habits for Mind and Body. The mere act of immersing ourselves in nature and bathing ourselves in that green light, be it in the forest or a park, will activate our parasympathetic nervous system. This lowers our respiration rate and our heart rate. We feel at peace. We feel nurtured. It is the complete opposite to our nervous system being stimulated, and that is exactly what we want and need. Nobody ever regrets going for a walk in nature. We expose ourselves to the sights, the sounds and smells of nature. It's a visceral experience, a million miles away from triggering viral videos and doom scrolling. But we must make the effort to factor in some parasympathetic stimulation into our day. If we don't, we will quickly be lured back to the seductive and sadly destructive world of being triggered. Having a massage is another great way to activate the rest-digest parasympathetic nervous system. Human beings are tactile creatures. Infant rodents develop more slowly when denied a nurturing mother's touch. This is because infant rodents didn't experience the benefits of the bonding hormone oxytocin, which itself causes the release of the feel-good hormones serotonin and dopamine. This is exactly the same in human beings. Massage calms us down. It again reduces the heart rate and our breathing rate falls. It has many other benefits, including providing time for you to be with your thoughts, or indeed, to allow your thoughts to drift away. People have been doing it for eons, for good reason. But a massage won't happen by itself. We must make the time to factor it into our schedule, and then be open to the benefits it provides our nervous system. Andrew Huberman, a neuroscientist and uh, one of the most famous podcasters out there. He is someone I admire very, very much. And he recently spoke of a quick hack to help you downregulate your stress levels quickly and in that moment. It simply involved two quick inhalations through your nose that filled the lungs, followed by a deep exhalation in the form of a sigh. Now, those of you who do yoga will be more than familiar with this kind of breath work, but it is highly effective and scientifically proven to help dial down the fight-flight nervous system response and helps to bring us back to homeostasis or balance. Not far removed from this is to incorporate meditation into your daily schedule. Now, each morning I do exactly this myself. I meditate for just five minutes. I close my eyes and follow the breathing directions outlined above, and I do it for literally only five minutes. While I do it, I focus on my breath. I'm not trying to clear my mind, and I'm not judging my thoughts or feelings. Thoughts will come and go. Sometimes they will distract me, and a few seconds later I will become aware that I'm no longer focused on my breath. And I simply refocus my attention on my breath. 
This happens multiple times during my five-minute meditation. But the result is I am calmer at the end than I was at the start. And I have worked my focusing muscles. And the more I do this, the better I get at focusing on my breath and the less inclined I am to be distracted by my thoughts. Optimising our ability to focus or concentrate is something we lose when we give in to the nervous system stimulation offered by technology. Smartphones have done an amazing job of fragmenting our focus and our nerves are shredded as a result. Something as simple as a meditation and some breath work can give us back control over our focus. Dr. Matthew Walker, one of the world's leading experts on the value of sleep, will be the first to tell you that a good night's sleep will benefit your nervous system. But a good night's sleep will actually start during the daytime preceding it. Stimulants like caffeine, if consumed at all, must be consumed well before lunchtime, given how long they linger in the system. In reality, we should really probably ditch caffeine entirely if we want to reach a, a state of calm more often in our day. Waking early and exposing ourselves to sunlight as soon as we can helps to reset our circadian rhythms. That is our body clock. Ideally, we should be waking at the same time every day, even at the weekends. And we should be going to bed each night again at the same time. Because the body loves routine, so indulge it. When we are well rested and get good quality sleep, we allow our bodies and minds to rest and recuperate. Sleep facilitates the processing of all the previous day's events and emotions. If we deny ourselves that opportunity, we set ourselves up to be physically, mentally and emotionally tired and inevitably reaching for stimulants to give us the ability to merely survive our day. We also rob ourselves of the healing powers of sleep. And as is the case with any wound, if we don't let it heal, it festers and becomes a lot worse. There are so many other ways we can indulge our parasympathetic nervous system, such as engaging in yoga, having a long hot bath with the obligatory calming essential oils, reading a good book, which also enhances our ability to focus, a nice side effect, Painting, knitting, playing an instrument and good old-fashioned exercise is terrific at getting us out of our heads and into our bodies, which are awash with feel-good hormones as a result. What I also notice personally about exercise is that in the hours after a long cycle or a swim, my heart rate and blood pressure are reduced too. Again, a positive side effect of the stimulation of the parasympathetic nervous system. When you really commit to the idea of switching off your fight-flight nervous system and switching on your calming, rest, digest response, that is the parasympathetic nervous system, you will find your own preferred ways to do so. But we must commit to it on a daily basis. We have all seen and experienced the damage that giving in to our sympathetic nervous system has done. The modern-day tsunami and anxiety people are feeling is very much linked to how we engage with stimulating technology and 24-7 news cycles. Yes, there are absolutely people listening whose anxiety has other origins. And if you aren't sure whether that is you or not, I will say what I always say at this point. Seek out the advice of a professional to help steer you in the correct direction. 
But what I'll also say is that nobody could possibly regret actively seeking out self-calming measures like scrolling less, sleeping better, exercising more and indulging in meditation and breathwork. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. Music